Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. Welcome to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Here, we dive into topics that reach far beyond the salon. I'm your host, Misty Jane. I'm a life and money coach for stylists who are obsessed with personal growth. I help you enhance your mindset around money, build a business that lights you up, and create a life of peace. Me and my guests are on a mission to normalize the wealthy stylist while creating a safe space to be perfectly imperfect. Want to join me? Then you're in the right place. Hey friends, welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. If you have been listening for a while, you know how much I love a good, vulnerable conversation. I have been very excited to have this guest on. Oh my gosh, I have been wanting her on for over a year, I'm pretty sure, if not longer than that. And the time has finally come. We have sat down, we have had the conversation, and I feel like I have found my new BFF. If you do not follow the Platinum Giraffe on Instagram, go do yourself a favor and do this. Sarai is, oh my goodness, a breath of fresh air, okay? In this podcast episode, we talk about what personal growth looks like. We talk about very vulnerable topics, all of these things that um, you hear a lot on this podcast, right? But sometimes when you have the conversation with somebody who is openly doing the work and is sharing their experience along the way, it just hits different. Sarai has been sharing her experience of about sobriety, um, about going to treatment for her eating disorder, um, all of these things she's been sharing openly on social media. And being able to sit and talk to her and have this conversation meant the absolute world to me that she trusts me enough to um, come onto my platform and share her story and share some insights with you because you will learn from those that are willing to tell their story. And I cannot say this enough. I would not be doing what I do if I didn't start telling my story, right? If I didn't start talking about my struggles with financial literacy and my struggles with not being a numbers person and how I got out of it and got to the other side. All of these educators and people out here, that is what we're doing, right? We're taking our personal experience and we are turning it into a helpful resource for you. That is 
why we do what we do because we were you and now we want to help you get out of whatever funk that is. Now, Sarai and I talk about things much deeper than just business. We talk about things much, much, much deeper than just money. Um, you know, this this conversation is, it's a deep one. So be ready. Be ready. There might be some tears. I think we both teared up a little bit on this one. Um, but it's probably up there with one of my favorites. Um, and again, I feel like I found a new friend. So if you are not following the Platinum Giraffe, go ahead and do so. Not only is she motivational, inspirational, um, she, you know, mental health advocate, all of these things, but she's also going to teach you some pretty fucking amazing blonding techniques <laughs> on top of it, because we want to be well-rounded around here, right? So please, please, please enjoy this conversation. And don't forget, side note, this has nothing to do with um, Sarai, but <laughs> side note, um, go and click the link in the show notes. And if you haven't grabbed my three secrets to becoming a cash confidence stylist yet, please do so. Not only is this going to help you become a numbers person, get more comfortable with conversations around money, but this is for the person who that is obsessed with growth, the person that is willing to learn and unlearn new ways of being when it comes to confidence around your money. So go in the show notes, click the link, grab it, it's free. You're also gonna get a kick-ass offer for getting my signature course, Money Beyond the Chair, which is your first steps to financial freedom, um, but go check it out. And please, if you like this episode, do not forget to screenshot it, tag Sarai, tag me, all of the things, share with a friend, because this one needs to be heard. Okay, I am so excited about this conversation. This is like, I feel like I have wanted you on for, oh my gosh, probably over a year. <laughs> and then I finally worked up like enough courage to like DM you and we're finally at this day. So I'm super, super fucking excited. Um, Sarai, welcome to the Cash Confident Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. First of all, you had to work up the courage to DM me. Are you kidding me? I am such a huge fan of yours. Like I have gotten mind. a lot better about that, but yes, I am a hundred percent one of those people that are like, I don't want to bother them. They're probably so busy. I'm better about it. But yeah, sometimes, especially when it's someone I'm excited about, I definitely get like a little like insecure about it. And like, what if they say no? But usually everyone says yes. So I, I mean, the answer is always no. If you don't ask, you know that. Yes. I, I'm so glad you asked. I'm so glad we finally got to connect. <laughs> yes. Well, tell the people who you are and what you do. So I'm Sarai Spear on social media. You probably know me as the platinum giraffe. I am a hairstylist of almost 20 years mm -hmm. and I have been an educator for the last seven years. I have traveled the country. I've traveled the entire world. I created a blonding method. I have an education community. Um, I teach social media classes. So I have been around the block, friend. <laughs> 20 years, same. This yeah. is my 20th year. It is, ah. Do you feel like it has been 20 years? No, I, do, I don't. I really don't. Like I went to beauty school in 2003 or four, four, because I graduated in 2004. Mm -hmm. And it's so weird because I'm obviously not the same person that I was, 
but I still remember conversations at the lunch table and like being so petrified sitting there learning about chemistry and hair structure and, and coloring hair and bleaching hair. I was like, I'm out. Peace out. No. Oh yeah. (laughs) I remember my salon owner at the time coming in the back and being like, you have a new client and me being like, I don't want them. (laughs) Like, I I don't want to, I don't want to touch any, like, what am I doing here? (laughs) It was terrifying. And it's funny because I was thinking about, I was doing my mom's hair last week and it was like a color correction. And I literally at one point I went, mom, I have no idea what I'm doing to your hair, but it's going to look pretty. Like I was in autopilot and I wasn't like, oh my God, what formula? Like it was just, I was just mixing things so easily and naturally. And I'm like, when did this happen? Cause mm. I used to be in the back room, like, Hey, help me with this. Help me with that. Like panicking and crying and praying to the hair gods and doing sacrifices. And it's, mm. it's really interesting because when I talk to people about sort of their journey and when they sort of felt that, I guess I'll call it like a click moment, you know, where you're like, I'm not sweating it. Yeah. This hair is sitting in front of me as a damn hot mess, but you know what? I've got enough skills in my toolbox that I'm not going to freak out. And, you know, everybody's got a different time. Can you like think of when that was for you? No, (laughs) just, it just last week. I like, I feel like, well, I feel like last week I just realized it. You know what I mean? Like I think, so I stopped doing hair for like 10 months after 2020 to, Mm -hmm. to pursue the coaching and education thing. And it was when I came back from that time, because I decided Mm -hmm. to go back one day a week. And um, it was almost when I came back from that, that it felt like so easy. Yeah. I think because I took the job part away, like I was like, I just want to go back because I miss hair, you know? And then it was like, oh, this is such like, like, (laughs) it's so easy to like flow into just doing this when I'm doing it because I want to do it. Uh And maybe that was when, I mean, I, it happened before then, but I think that's when I realized it. What about you? Well, my, my story's a little different. I mean, I did 12, 12 years of hair when I wasn't sober. Right. And so when I got sober, uh, about seven years ago, I would say it was still another five years for me. So 17 years into my career friend, Mm -hmm. did I finally go, okay, this is a hot mess calico kitten threw up on your head and you want to be platinum blonde today. Cool. 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 I got it. I got it. So it took me a really long time. I, um, I always say I'm not a slow learner. I'm just a fast forgetterer. Mm. And so I'll learn my lessons, but then I have to learn them again and again and again. And so I think a lot of my confidence has come through me messing up so bad, so many times, you know, having those nightmare moments where people talk about where they fried hair or they had a reaction, a chemical reaction or, but those for me, unfortunately are the best teachers for me to learn something. I agree a hundred percent. Actually, I love where this conversation is already going because I would, I would agree that I think it was about year 14 when I found confidence where like a new client would come in and I was confident in the consultation. I was confident in what I was able to do. Um, and 14 years is a long time. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Cause I think, especially now in the social media world, there is this like instant like success stories is what it seems like we're seeing a lot. And I really don't feel like that's a reality. Do you feel like you're seeing something similar? I do. I do. It's, it's actually really interesting. Um, I was scrolling through stories the other day and another stylist had posted 
um, about how stylists down the road were charging more with, you know, one year out of school experience and all of these things. And she was like, I honestly, I don't care. I, d- I don't care what other people charge. And it got me to thinking like there is this almost unrealistic expectation that social media creates and sets for these younger stylists, these newer stylists that, you know, they look at people like, me or you and where we are in our career. But the thing is, we didn't have social media our whole career, right? Like this is, this is newer. And, and some of us are later adopters myself. So what you didn't see was all the struggle, all the shit that we had to go through. We had to hand our actual, a business card. If you don't know what a business card is, just Google it. Um, it's essentially like in the same realm as a rotary phone. Um, but we had to hand our business cards out. We had to market ourselves and we didn't have the use of social. So you didn't see all of the struggles that we went through. And now it's like these, these stylists think I'm going to get out of school and I'm going to have a full book in a year. And I'm going to be making six figures my first or second year out of school. And that is now I'm not saying it can't happen. Right. But the majority of the people that will not be their path, there is something about fucking up so bad that you don't know what you're going to do, that you want to quit hair. There is something about not having the money to pay for that color and you are working your ass off and that struggle, it builds confidence. It builds skills that you just can't get when you come out of cosmetology school. And so I do think there is this unrealistic and almost unfair, um, expectation for newer stylists to just arrive at where we are and skip all the the middle stuff, all the ooey, the gooey, the crying, the tears, Mm -hmm. and just be a success and be a celebrity, you know? Yep. And you know, when I think about that too, I always think about what people say and it's so true. And especially like leaning into this education space and this coaching space, I've learned this so much. Like if you do come out of hair school and you had a full book, you will not be ready for it. No. So like all that, like hard part, all that struggle, like it's getting you ready for what is coming, whether you realize it or not. And I used to hate hearing that. <laughs> same, same. Cause you're just like, okay, insert eye roll here. Like, right. fuck you. How, how do I get there? And that's, it's the, it's the middle part of the journey, right? So the, the beginning is when you decide to go to hair school and you get through hair school. And then the first couple of years of your career can be that middle space that you, you have all these dreams, you have all these goals and expectations, and you know what you want your life to look like. You know what you want your career to look like but how the fuck do you get there? Mm -hmm. This middle part is the tricky part. And whether we're talking about this or healing or any experience in life, that middle part is the yuck. And when people say the cliche shit that always is so fucking true and you don't really appreciate it until you get to the other side, that is, it's a difficult space to be in. It really, really is. So you said the word expectation, and I want to talk about this a little bit because this is something that has actually helped me because I realized in all aspects of my life and anything, I realized that I was constantly disappointing myself because I went into everything with expectation and it was never met. 
ever. I can't think of a time that it was met. <laughs> and then I would disappoint myself. And I decided at one point, I don't know, I'm sure I read a quote that I liked or something, <laughs> um, that I was no longer going to have expectations. Now, granted, easier said than done. Um, mm-hmm. But do you feel the same? Do you feel like attaching like an expectation kind of leads you to disappointment? And this can be life, business, oh. anything. Absolutely. You know, it's funny that we're talking about this because my husband has been saying this saying for since I've known him. And and at first I was like, that's stupid. That's <laughs> dumb. Um, it's just an excuse for you to not try. Hmm. So what he says is go into everything with low or no expectations and you won't be disappointed. Yep. And so I would always give him shit. I'm like, you're taking the fucking bitch route. Like, what do you mean? No, I expect myself to work this much. I expect these results from myself. I expect, I expect, I expect. And like you said, every fucking time I have been disappointed. I have built it up in my head you know, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, teaching my in-person classes or my education community, I didn't think it would take me nearly as long to build to 1400 members that I have now as it has. It's taken me two years. I thought, fuck it. I have so many followers, dude, like everybody will join and stay in forever. I'm disappointed, you know? So I've, I still have some expectations, but they are, they're way lower. They're way more manageable. You know, I am a recovering workaholic, a recovering perfectionist, um, a recovering addict. And so all of those things fed into my expectations. I started to create this unrealistic goal for myself in every fucking thing I did. Mm-hmm. And then I wouldn't hit that goal. And I would, you know, call myself a piece of shit. And I would say the most horrible things to myself because I hadn't met this expectation that I had made up, totally dreamed up in my head that this was exactly how it was going to go. And it didn't. So even though I got close or even though I got halfway, or even though I made progress, none of that fucking mattered. Cause if I didn't have to hit that exact expectation, everything was trash, set it on fire, Viking funeral. Yes. Do you, do you feel like you like set a goal and like, like, how do I want to word this? Cause I, there's this idea of like letting go of like the outcome. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that goes hand in hand with this a little bit where like, just do your, the, the everyday steps. And then you're going to like have this outcome and it may not be what you expect. Right. I try to do that, but I struggle with it a little bit. Cause it's like, well, don't you want to work towards something? Right. But it's like, do you have to like flip around what it is that you're working towards. So for example, I want to work towards, we'll just say six figures. That's everyone's favorite line, right? I want to work towards six figures. Okay. Well, should I switch that to like, cause what if I don't make six figures or what if I don't like the life I have to live to make that amount or whatever, should I, should you switch it to like, I want to feel successful, mm-hmm. you know? And, and that's where it gets hard. Do you yeah. feel like you do that still? Like you still have like a specific goal or do you feel like you're learning to like switch it into more of a feeling? Uh, a little bit of both. Um, you know, I, I've been doing a lot of healing work and mindset work. And so, 
you know, two years ago, I'd have been like, oh, I need to hit this goal and this goal and this goal. And now I'm like my, one of my projects that I'm working on now is I'm launching a certification program and it's huge. I mean, it's fucking bananas. I mean, I have over a hundred videos to film. Like it's, it's fucking daunting. Right. But here's the thing. My goal is to create and to launch this program because it changed my life. And I want to help other people change their life. I have sort of attached a dream um, number to it, but also whatever happens, happens. If I create this and I pour my blood, sweat, and tears and heart and soul into this, and I get five people that sign up for the rest of my life, you know what? I've changed five fucking lives. Yes. And that's the stuff. And I think this happens as you get older too. You know, I used to dread getting older and now I'm like, I kind of don't mind it, especially since, you know, Botox and stuff, (laughs) Uh, because with our age comes experience. And from that experience comes our wisdom. So, you know, I, I think it's okay to say, you know what, I do have a goal of making six figures and feeling a certain way in my life. You know, when I wanted to hit my six figures. I remember one year I made 99 Uh. dollars and I was like, you son of a biscuit face mother. And it like fueled me. But here's the thing. I, once again, being a recovering addict from literally everything you can imagine, took it way too fucking far. And I blew that goal out of the water but you know what I was doing? I was working 80 hours a week. I was working hundred hours a week. I was so fucking miserable. I was touring this whole country. I was home while well, I was gone 48 of 52 weekends. And I was working mm. six and seven days. Like, fuck no. So yeah. was it worth it? I mean, I don't know. I am here now because I have done all those things. Would I do that now? No, absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> I think sometimes we need like a life assessment, right? It's like, okay, I think that I want this, but what do I have to do to get there? And then sometimes we have to test it out, you know, see, see if we do like it. But I think we have to kind of assess, like, do I really want to do this thing to get here? Or can I do something different to get in a different place that will make me happy or feel quote unquote successful? That's a big topic on this podcast is like, what is success? Right. Yeah. And a lot of times that number isn't necessarily the thing that's going to get us feeling successful. You know, I mean, double booking, for example, like, oh my gosh, the amount of classes I went to when I was a younger stylist telling me to double book when I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. And I remember taking one class. I don't remember who it was. I wish I did because I would shout them out. That was like, I hate double booking. And I'll never double book and I still make this much. And it was like, all I needed was somebody to like, give me permission to like, not listen to what you should be doing. Quote unquote, again, lots of quotes today. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That kind of reminded me that like, just because I think I want this, do I really want this? And that's hard to figure out sometimes. It, It is. And, you know, I think that is what life is about. I think it's learning. I think it's trying things. And, you know, I used to set these crazy goals and I got so much joy from clicking and checking every single one of them off. And now, yes, I have goals, but it's more, how do I want to feel? What do I want my day to look like? You know, and that comes from time experience and going through those shitty experiences when you double book and you don't fucking want to double book. Right. 
you learn, you grow, you learn from your mistakes again, you grow more, you know, and every level of life that we are at requires um, a new set of skills, a new mindset. And so that's what life is literally all about is it is just a series of learning experiences that we get to share with other people. Gosh, absolutely. So you share a lot about your story online. Mm -hmm. Is that something you have always done? Or is that something that over time you have learned is important? Because I mean, I am not going through the same thing you're going through, but I appreciate you sharing, you know, and I think that there's a lot of people that feel the same. You, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that feel the same. So was there a time in your life where you were scared to share or scared to put yourself out there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. And if you think, um, it's easy for me, it is now it, it, it is easier. Um, you know, the first year that I was sober, I didn't tell a soul. Mm. Like I, I was so, I was still very ashamed that I was an alcoholic and that I was, you know, a drug addict. And so I told, you know, a few people in my circle and I told my salon owner, she was a big part of me getting sober, but I didn't, I didn't share things. And then gradually it was like, you know, I'd go out to, um, after a class and people would be drinking and they'd say, you know, do you want anything? I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm sober. I'm not drinking. And so, you know, again, little bit by little bit, and it's taken me seven years to get to the point where I, I still cry when I tell my story. And I know that's, I know that's might be weird, but you know, when I talk about my overcoming homelessness, overcoming drug addiction, overcoming, um, being an alcoholic. And now with, I just, um, went to treatment and I just got back from treatment for an eating disorder. And that was hard. That was hard to put online. I think that one might've been harder than, you know, I'm clean and I'm sober. Um, there's just so much shame around food in this country and body and body image and all of that. I mean, that's a whole other podcast, but, (laughs) um, you know, it's, it is hard. It's difficult, but I found my people. I found people who were like me, who supported me, who talked openly about their sobriety and their struggles. And I really realized how much that helped me. And so I thought, well, fuck, if that helped me, maybe if I talk about, you know, my past, my history, my struggles, how I've dealt with things that it might, it might resonate with people. It might help people. And, you know, when I first started talking about it, the, the messages I got, the emails, the stories of people just, I'm going to (laughs) cry of just sharing their life so vulnerably. And I was like this, I don't, I know that it is worth it. When one person says to me, I'm struggling with this and I reached out and I'm getting help or you've inspired me. Like that is what it is about for me. It's not about, you know, making six figures, seven figures, eight figures, having the fucking 82 cars. Like that's what I used to want. And now I'm like, I just want to help people because I know what it's like to feel insecure and unworthy and unloved. And you just can't do things right. Like I get it. I know. And I know what it's like to struggle. And I also know what it was like to be around people who understood me and who wanted to help. So that is, that is why I share. That is why I share so openly and vulnerably and 
again, you know, I mean, I'm crying now and I've told my story. I've talked about this so many times, but it's, it's my story. It's my life, you know, and it's really important to me. I am so glad you share. I mean, I, I'm one of those people too. That's like, hi, nice to meet you. Tell me about all your traumas. Yeah. Like, oh my God. <laughs> I know. I'm like, Hey, do you want a trauma bond? What traumas do you have? Yeah. Cause here's the deal. When you start healing your shit, that's the deep work. And then you start creating these deep bonds. So I want a trauma bond. <laughs> yes, I know. And it, it's so interesting because I think, um, you know, a couple years ago is when I really started my like kind of mental health, like healing journey. Um, and it's interesting because now I almost have a hard time with like surface level conversations. Like, Same. You- <laughs> yeah. Same. oh my God. Yes. Small talk. Like I, I can't, I just can't do. And I yeah. thought it was because I was like, not a patient person. And it turns out, I want to talk about deep shit. What makes you tick? Like mm-hmm. what experiences have you had in your life that you've overcome? And like, what have you done? Like, that's the kind of shit that, that I want to talk about spiritual yes. shit, mental health shit. Like deep. Give me that deep. Good, good. Yes. I feel like I want to walk away from every single conversation I have, even like the lady at the grocery store (laughs) with like, wow, I'm like empowered and inspired. And I'm realizing that that's not realistic. (laughs) Yeah. And not everyone likes that. (laughs) Some people are like, you need to chill. (laughs) Um, but I want to talk about this a little bit, like, um, the mental health thing and your healing journey. So have you always, been, I mean, obviously not like in the past, I'm assuming, um, have you always kind of been on this? Like, I need to change my mindset. I need to like, you know, yeah. Like when did that kind of shift for you? So it's funny that we're talking about mental health because I'm literally wearing my t-shirt that says mental health matters. Love Uh, it. (laughs) No, I, being an addict, what happened is I ran from my life from my trauma, from my problems. And I thought I could outwork them. Mm -hmm. I thought I could out earn them. I thought I could out social media them. I thought I could outperform them. So I was diagnosed later in life with bipolar, which to be honest, I don't think is a fair, um, diagnosis because I was on drugs at the time. So, um, (laughs) but I was diagnosed with ADD in my twenties. I'm bipolar in my twenties. Um, And I'd always had a predilection towards like addictions and just whatever I was in, it was, I I put these blinders on me and it was all or nothing, you know? Mm -hmm. So whether competition, like sports, I fucking ruled everything on the sports field. And then it got into, you know, I have had a lot of traumas in my life. Just like a lot of us have big T's and small T's, you know, everybody has trauma. Um, Trauma just doesn't mean just coming back from a war, you know? So all of these accumulated traumas that I, um, I shoved down, like I shoved them down because in my family, we didn't talk about things. Mm -hmm. We don't talk about our feelings. You know, my dad's favorite thing to say to me was suck it up buttercup. Mm, Um, Heard that one. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, when, when your parents are your role models and, or whoever your caregivers are in your younger years, it's very formative. And so I learned that I could show anger on the sports field and I would get rewarded. And I also learned that, um, quote unquote, girls don't cry, um, to suck it up that we don't talk about those things and to sweep it under the rug. So there's a pressure cooker building inside of me and I'm trying to escape it. And I start with drugs. Actually, my ADHD meds led me to, 
um, drugs and I was an alcoholic starting at the age of 19 from a miscarriage that I, I didn't know how to handle. And then you add work on top of it. And it was just, it was a powder keg. It was just a powder keg. And so when I got sober, the, the year before I got sober was a really tough year. So I got sober in 2016, 2015 was really rough. Um, I was, I was a mess. I was at the end of my rope. You know that like you hear all these stories and people have that turnaround moment, but right before it, it's so fucking dark. And I knew my life was a shit hole. Like it was a mess. I was a mess. I needed help. I'd been to therapy off and on, but here's, I expected people to like, talk to me for six weeks and fix me. And like, uh. I didn't have to do the work. Like I come in, I tell you my problems. You tell me what I need to do. And I do it once and I'm fixed. Right. Well, fucking motherfucker. It doesn't work that it's way. Our whole life, Misty. Like what the <laughs> shit? It's our whole life that we end up on this healing journey. So my mental health, um, journey, I talked about it in my twenties a little bit about, you know, struggling with mental health disorders, but it was really like when I got sober that I started talking openly about, you know, I am bipolar. I'm diagnosed ADD, ADHD. Um, I'm, I have addictive personality, you know, I'm a recovering addict. And again, I think it is so important in not just in our industry, but in our lives that we are talking about this. And I love this younger generation coming up that are talking about their feelings. And, you know, you hear the boomers like, oh, they're all a bunch of touchy feely, like snowflakes, snowflakes. Yeah. Hey, good. Be a goddamn snowflake. Yep. Be a snowflake. Because when you push everything down, it's going to have to go somewhere sometime. Mm -hmm. And when you start to talk about things, you release that stigma around whether it's, you know, addiction or mental health or whatever it might be. When we start having conversations, that stigma gets less and less and less, and it helps everybody when yeah. we talk about our shit. Now I'm not saying you got to fucking go on Instagram and be like, Oh, I got my boyfriend broke up with me. <laughs> I fucking can't stand him. No, but I do think it is important to have these really deep, meaningful, important, vulnerable conversations that can help people not feel alone. You know, how yes. many out there listening right now are like, yes, I struggle with mental health. I'm bipolar. I'm disassociative. I'm whatever. And I've never been made to feel like it's okay, or I'm okay. Or you know what? That's normal. Mm -hmm. There's probably so many people listening that are like, yep, that's me. And yep. I, I, if you are, have, have been listening to Misty's podcast, I know she's probably said this a million times, but you are not alone. Yep. You are not alone. And you are in great company here because we are not afraid to talk about the hard shit, the gooey shit, the nasty shit, the shit that can be scary. And you have to be really vulnerable to talk about. And we're here to talk about it. Absolutely. I would say 90% of my um, coaching clients are ADHD. And what's very interesting is I'm helping them with personal finance, right? So they feel very like, I felt this way before, very stupid. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, why don't I know this? Like, this should be easy, right? And there's so much shame in that of feeling like they should, but really like their brains just, I'm the same. I have not been diagnosed with ADHD, but I am like literally my counseling session next week. I'm going to talk to her about it because I'm, think I want to go on medication, but anyway, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't know yet, but anyway, um, 
And it's this like, something is wrong with me. The world is telling me I should know this. The world is telling me that I should do it this way. And it doesn't work for me. What is going on? I'm broken. Yes, I'm broken. broken. Uh Exactly. And back to the shoulds, right? Like we talk a lot on this podcast about like letting go of the shoulds, which is way easier said than done. Um, But it's just interesting when, when you find somebody that you can talk to and you can open up and they are open to helping you find ways to do things for you and in a way that feels good for you and a way that can help you be consistent it's like a game changer, a game changer. And I would not be here talking to you on this podcast if I did not find people like that. So I think that if somebody is listening and they don't have somebody, right, they don't have like somebody to open up to or talk to, like it's time to start actively looking for it because it will change your life, whether it's a therapist, whether it's a coach, whether it is somebody on Instagram that you feel called to DM. Don't do like me. Don't be scared. (laughs) That's right. Reach out. (laughs) Yes. Reach out because there are so many people. I mean, I could list people in the industry that would be happy to chat and like, just make you feel seen. Cause at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Right. Is like not feeling like we're alone in like our own shit. And that's what keeps us stuck in that, you know, whatever it is that we're dealing with that shame. And, you know, I, I love Brene Brown. I mean, yeah, she's me a researcher and I, I swear to God, everything that woman says, I'm like, fuck, that's me. Fuck. That's me. You know, right. but it's, it's so true. We stay stuck because of fear and because of shame and because of the shoulds. And once we do reach out to somebody, we start talking to a therapist, we start, you know, in this coaching program or find a mentor, we start to realize, well, fuck, I don't, you know what? I'm, I'm no longer going to feel shame about that. I am who I am. This is the way I am. And I'm going to learn ways to move forward. Yes. Yes. Somebody told me once, um, it's like climbing a mountain and you're like looking at the top and the top feels so long and far away and overwhelming. And if you look behind you, you're going to trip. But if you like, just look one step at a time, look down one step at like you end up at the top. And there there was something about that analogy that I absolutely loved. And I think about it often, especially because I have a tendency to get anxious about the future. Well, this isn't, yeah, like I'm not at the top fast enough, you know, and I just have to go, wait a minute, where am I? Look around. Oh, look at the view. This is gorgeous. This is actually what I wanted two years ago. What are you looking up there for? Like, and it's, it's just gratitude. That's something that I've learned this year. Gratitude was something I didn't understand for a long time. Oh, girl. Okay. You're speaking my love language. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, the mountain analogy, and I'm so glad this is such a great segue. So the mountain analogy that you just gave, um, there's, there's a couple books that I have read that changed my life. And if it's okay with you, I would like to recommend them. Oh, please share. I love a good book recommendation. Holy shit. So Don Bradley actually gifted me these before I went to eating disorder treatment and, um, the, the books changed my life. So the first one is called the mountain is you. Oh, I've heard of this. Okay. Friend, I, I need you to read it and I need you to report back. Okay. Um, the author is Brianna Wiest, W-I-E-S-T. Um, it is transforming self-sabotage into self-mastery. Mm. And I don't care what walk of life, what your story is, you can relate to this book. This woman is a magical writer. Her perspective is amazing. And I actually read it to my education community. I'll read little excerpts literally weekly. Um, I think I've read that book since. 
February 28th. I have read that book no less than 12 times. I love that. It's incredible. The other book that she has is called, this is how you heal the same author. Um, and it's, it is, oh my God, it's incredible. And again, it's, these are all like short chapters, very digestible. Um, especially if you are ADHD, like us, Yep. Um, I need short chapters. (laughs) She has, you know, one chapter is like 47 ways to utilize micro healing in your everyday life. And it is things like be grateful and appreciate the moment and, you know, take a deep breath, step outside. I mean, so it's all really practical information. Um, so those books, I highly recommend to anybody and everybody listening and Missy, I can't wait for you to read them because I want to know how you feel. Cause I'm pretty yes. sure you're gonna be talking about them. Um, but on that same vein is gratitude. So I started a gratitude practice last year. Um, I was at a retreat called elevated stylist and it was in Toronto by Sodi Jody and Sonia, and they're amazing. And they gave us this journal called my morning magic journal. Mm-hmm. And it is a gratitude journal. It asks you what your top five tasks are for the day. It asks you how you're feeling. It asks you what you're going to do today. Are you going to take a midday dance break? Are you going to go, you know, hydrate? Are you going to walk in the sun? And it's the first journal that I found that makes me go deep. It asks me questions. Mm. And so when I first started filling it out, I was good for like a month. And then I just kind of, you know, quit. Cause that's what I do. Um, but when I went to treatment, I brought it with me and I started filling it out again. And now I have, I start my morning every single morning with at least a 10 minute guided meditation. I pull out my gratitude journal and I'm, I have no distractions at all. No phone. I don't even touch my phone for the first two hours anymore. Um, and that's how I start my day. And I'll do like a card pull. And then I jump into a coaching program that I'm in and watch some videos. But I'm telling you, if you are in a shitty place right now, and you think you have nothing to be grateful for, if you're like, you don't fucking understand my life, Sarai, it is shit. I am about to get evicted. My car got repoed. I am going to be homeless on the street. I guarantee fucking tea. There's one thing you can be grateful for. Be grateful for the breath that you have. Be grateful for the breath that you have in this very moment. Like we all have things to be grateful for, you know, and there's a lot of scientific studies now about gratitude and being um, on that energy, that wavelength, because energy is wavelength. And when you open yourself up to the gratitude space and you say, you could even say, you know what? I am not happy with where I am right now. This is not how I pictured my life, but you know what? I'm grateful. I'm grateful for my dogs who give me unconditional love. I am grateful for this body that allows me to work. I am grateful for this brain that I have that allows me to be creative. I am grateful for my best friend who I can tell anything to, and who would help me hide a dead body. (laughs) You know, when we start to be grateful and truly grateful, not fucking going through the motions. I've tried it. I'm not here to tell you that shit don't work. If you're just writing down, I'm grateful for my husband. I'm grateful for my kids. I'm grateful. Okay. But why, why let's go, let's go deeper. Why, why are you grateful for that? Why, Mm -hmm. when you start to integrate that into your daily life, and if you do nothing else, I guarantee you will see such a huge shift in your mindset and in your entire life. 
Yes. Okay. So starting, I don't do like new year's resolutions, but yeah, the beginning same. of this year, I, I had two issues. I had an issue where I was in a really bad mood in the mornings and I realized it was because I was picking up my phone and I was scrolling first same. thing in the morning. Right. Yep. So I was like, okay. And then I had this issue of like going through the ups and downs of like everything's shit and you know, nothing's working. You know what I mean? So I was like, all right, I'm going to start on January 1st. I'm going to set a journal and a like self-improvement book next to my bed. And I am going to not be allowed to touch my phone until I put three things in my gratitude journal. And I had read like, you know, like you said, kind of go deep. Don't just like surface level it, really think about things. And I'm still doing it. I'm actually very proud. I mean, I've missed a couple days here and there, but like, especially during the week, like every morning, that's the first thing I do is I write my three things down. And it's so interesting. Like even this morning, I wasn't in a bad mood this morning, but like some days it's harder to think of something that you didn't write down already this week. Right. And like, I'm laying in bed and I'm just like, you know, what, what can I be grateful for? You know, yesterday I said this, you know, like what, what else is going on? And it really does make you think of all the things. And I can go through that journal now when I am in a bad mood and I can go, oh my God, like, yes, I'm so grateful for my clients for this reason. And them supporting me through this. You know what I mean? Like just all of the things. And it has made such a big difference. And then I'll read like a little bit of the book. And then if I want to pick up my phone, I can, but it's only like for 10 minutes rather than for like, an yeah. hour, you know? Yeah. Um, and it has made such a huge difference, such mm-hmm. a huge difference. I mean, yeah. even my eight-year-old, I'm not yelling at him as much, which is great. Right. You know, and it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, I'm so glad we're talking about this because I was, I didn't realize I was constantly in a, I don't know, like a shitty mood and just like very irritable and very snappy. Um, I didn't really realize it, you know, until I started doing this morning ritual. And it started out as just 15 minutes. I was like, I can't even fucking sit still like, God, this is terrible and terrifying. And after months and months of practice, you know, my morning routine with my meditation, my journal, um, and doing my card poll literally takes me at least an hour, right? at least an hour, you know? And if you would have told me in the beginning, you're going to have to set aside time for an hour to do gratefuls and meditation and pull card. I've been like, fuck you. I'm out. Dude. Right. But That's the thing. it's, it's, it's a small step. And then the next day it's another small step because things in life are not overcome in one big giant leap, yep. you know? And I think that our society, our culture thinks we're looking for that instant fix. I mean, you know, we open our phone and we have a fucking computer and we can get anything from anywhere at any time. Right. Mm-hmm. We think our entire life should be that way. I'm going to heal immediately. I'm going to be grateful. I'm going to have six figures immediately. I'm going to have all of these things immediately. But here's the thing. The journey is the work. Yep. And you have to do the work every day and you have to schedule it. You have to set aside time and you have to make yourself a priority to do that. And even if it's five minutes, like if you don't have a practice right now, I want to challenge you this week, just do five minutes in the morning, right? Five things that you are grateful for and why that's it. Yep. Do that for a couple of weeks and then add another five minutes yeah. and then another five minutes, but it's the little tiny, small steps up that mountain that gets you up that mountain. And you have to find a way to love the journey. Like, you know what I mean? Like 
Like, I mean, there's going to be hard stuff. Again, let's go back to like hiking up a mountain, right? Like there's going to be times when you're like, oh my God, I'm so tired. My legs hurt, blah, blah, blah. But then you're going to turn a corner and it's going to be so beautiful and it's going to be worth that part, you know? And like, I feel like you have to find a way to enjoy it. Cause if you're constantly just like head down, miserable, like I'm going to, I'll be happy when I get here. Mm -hmm. Guess what? You're going to get there. And then you're going to be like, oh, I'm not happy enough. I need to like go and do this thing. Cause the happiness is in the everyday small stuff that you're thinking about, not that big car, six figures, business, whatever. Like the happiness isn't there waiting for you. It's inside and you have to find it. And yeah. it sucks sometimes. <laughs> it, it totally, it totally sucks. This whole journey sucks. And yeah. I mean, it's not sunshine and rainbows every day, no. no. But like you said, I mean, you have to, you have to dig in, and you have to enjoy when you can. You know, uh, when you climb a mountain, it's not 180 degrees straight up the whole way. There's resting spots, you know, there's a spot for you to take in the view and to go, oh my gosh, I have come so far. Good job. And, you know, I'm so glad you touched on the, the success. Like I used to think that making six figures or seven figures or, you know, whatever would make me, I would, all my problems would be solved. No bitch puff daddy said it right. The mo money, the mo problems. Right. (laughs) And I know you teach how to manage money. I was not taught that. And like, I would earn more and spend more. And then I found myself more miserable than when I was fucking poor. Cause the numbers got bigger. So then yeah. you're like, are right, you have the same feeling with bigger numbers. So yeah. it like almost intensifies the feeling. Totally. It puts it under a microscope. Yes. And then, you know, once you've made that kind of money, then you have to hold on to that and you have to keep making it. And so then you have to work harder. And, and this feeling that you think that you have envisioned that you are going to feel when you hit whatever goal that is, it's not there. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, fuck, maybe I didn't do it right. Maybe I need to do X, Y, and Z, and I need to work harder and I need to work more and I need to kill myself a little bit more. And I need to let down my boundaries and blah, blah, fucking bullshit. Yeah. What needs to happen is you need to work on yourself. You need to work on your mindset. And it starts with that grateful. And I fucking used to hate it when people would say an abundance mindset or a grateful mindset. I'm like, go fuck yourself, Karen. Get out of here with that shit, right? (laughs) And here we are talking about it because the problem is they were right. They were fucking right. All those people who were talking about that mindset shit were fucking right. And I hated it, but it has, I mean, my life is a, a completely, completely different life than I had even before treatment, you know, just a couple months ago, because I have put myself first. I have started my day with these small things, which have shifted my mindset, which have made me calmer, which have made me less reactive. Mm -hmm. And it is a trickle effect just by doing a goddamn gratitude journal and some cards and reading some books, like who to fucking thunk. (laughs) Have you read what happened to you? No. Okay. So I recommend it. What, yeah. What happened to you? It's by it's Oprah and Bruce D Perry. He's a doctor. He's a psychiatrist. I'm not sure, but it's a, it's essentially a interview between the two of them. And that book is what I, you know, people would talk about your nervous system and regulate your nervous system. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, okay. Like just calm your heart down. Like, I don't get it. But this book talks about like, okay, if you had something happen to you when you were an infant Mm -hmm. and then that smell of that per se, it was somebody, a person did something to you, right? 
that smell of that person you smell when you're 38, Mm -hmm. your body's going to do the same thing that it did when you were an infant and you were in that horrible situation. And like, it like opened my mind so much, like my eyes to like, oh, like, and it helped me not be anxious about things anymore because I, but I also am constantly like, oh, why do I feel this? Oh my God, I'm, I'm getting anxious. Why? Yeah. Like, like yeah. what is going on? But it, I'm more aware of it and, and I can get out of it faster. It's a great, great book, by the way, very yeah. easy read too. Um, but, uh, I think that we, it's so easy to kind of put excuses around thinking about, especially fucked up shit in the past. Yeah. Like, yeah you know, for the longest time, I was such an angry human being, like, like so angry. And I didn't know why until I started doing this work and realized that I was angry about something, one that isn't even a thing anymore, Mm -hmm. you know, and I had to learn how to like, like find my happiness and not just want to fucking punch everyone in the face. Oh my God, (laughs) you are speaking my language. I feel like we're soul sisters here, (laughs) but it's not easy. And I'm still doing that work still. And you will continue to do that work for the rest of your life. (laughs) Yes. And it is fucking exhausting. There are some days where I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to care anymore, but I do. Yeah. You know? Um, and once you know, you can't unknow, you, you know, once you learn and you start to unlock some of those things and you start to delve into, you know, whatever it is, your traumas or your childhood or, you know, past events, it's like, fuck, well, now you got to keep going. You got, you got to keep going and then you're going to dig more and then you're going to experience more. And, but it is the thing about it is the, the body keeps score is another amazing book. Oh yeah. I have um, that book. I haven't yes. read that one yet though. Oh it's my God. Amazing. It's fucking phenomenal. It was like <laughs> a handbook in our, our treatment center, but it's true. So whether it's, you know, again, a big T or a small T, so a, a big T is, um, something where your life is in danger. So something like a sexual assault or, you know, something big that we think of big traumas, but yep. little traumas can be Julie on the playground calling you a fat ass in second grade and you never forgetting that, Yep. you know? So the body keeps score is all about how trauma, big T's and small T's are in our body. So if you think you can get through life, and be happy and be happy is the key without delving into your shit. You are so wrong. Mm-hmm. You are sadly mistaken. And I hate to be the one to burst your motherfucking bubble, but I'm going to be her. <laughs> yeah. I could not agree more. I mean, I think back on things that I did when I was younger and I'm like, Oh, I did that to this person, but it had nothing to do with that person. Uh-huh. You know, and it's like, it's, uh, it's, it, yeah, it's crazy. I, and, and, you know, it's funny because I have these conversations often on this podcast and I know that may, well, people that are listening at this point, I think they're just used to it, but, (laughs) but people are, you know, well, what does this have to do with hair? What does this have to do with, you know, my Mm. business or whatever? Everything. Literally. Fucking everything. (laughs) (laughs) Cause it's how you show up for your clients. It's how you show up in your business. It's what you want, what success looks like. Like it, it bleeds into every little thing that you do and just finding whatever happiness looks like for you. Right. Cause absolutely building all that up inside of you is going to, you, you're not going to, you're hiding your happiness. Yeah, you are. And, and honestly, you're robbing people that you love and the world of your, your joy and your gifts and your uniqueness and your happiness when you are stuck in your shit. And you yeah. don't want to, you don't want to, cause it's going to be hard. Wow. Cry me a fucking river. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's hard, mm-hmm. but 
you know, you and I are going through it and we will never be done with our healing journey. I never. thought you just like healed and then you were done. No. When I found that out, I was like, fuck, I'm too far in. I know too much. Yeah. I can't go back. But now I'm almost addicted to it. Same. And, and I, I wonder, uh, sometimes I wonder if that's like something that I need to like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's almost yeah. so far like, do I need to se- like a separate myself sometimes? Like, I don't know. That's something I've been trying to think about. Cause I'm like, I'm almost to the point where like, if I am not like bettering myself every single day, I'm not doing enough. And like, is that a problem? Like, <laughs> I mean, I could, I could get to a problem. It doesn't mean that it is a problem now. And I think you just being aware of that is so important. But also, I mean, you know, if you're sacrificing time with your family because you're devouring books and you're taking 200 courses a day, well then, yeah, that's a problem. But (laughs) I mean, you know, I think that mindset for me, I'm the same way. I'm like, I need to do just a little bit better than I did yesterday. Well, in any area of my life, whether it's a longer meditation or a deeper grateful practice or working on my program longer or whatever it might be, because if I can be just... I know people say be 1% better, but like, let's, let's set it a little bit lower. If I could just be like 0.1% better. Okay. Just 0.1% better. That seems way more doable. Right. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's my take on that. Atomic habits is a great book too. If you, Oh my God, I freaking love that book so much. Yeah. That's a, that's a great great book. Um, Yeah. I love this conversation. I think that you sharing your story is just helping. Like I said, it, it helps me, you know what I mean? And I'm not in the same situation, but like, it still is like, it's so inspiring to me when someone can want to help other people in a way that, that you're doing. And I think that it's important. And I think that just keep fucking doing what you're doing. I mean, you know that you don't need my permission, obviously, but it's It's nice to hear it. You know, it's, it's interesting because, um, ever since I was a little kid, I've always felt this thing inside me and I don't know how to describe it. I guess like a driving life force that I want to help people. And I didn't know what that looked like. And so, you know, I thought I would be a teacher. I thought I would be a doctor. I thought I'd be a firefighter. I actually like got accepted into the police academy because I was going to be. Did you really? I did. I fucking did. That's awesome. Imagine me as a cop. I I can't, (laughs) I can't, I can't. Um, But so my whole life, I've always just felt this like burning desire and undercurrent that I'm here on this planet to help people. Mm -hmm. And at first I, you know, was like, Oh, I'm going to do all these things. And then I was like, Oh, I'll help people look good and feel good and become a hairstylist. And then, Oh, well now I can teach people this thing. And now I've just realized that it is just me sharing. It's sharing whatever I'm going through. It's sharing my journey. It's sharing my healing. It's sharing my gratefuls. It's just me sharing because I have learned that being vulnerable is my superpower. I used to hate that word. I was like, oh, being vulnerable, still bad. And now I'm like, yeah, this is gonna suck. And people are probably gonna say terrible things or make fun of me or talk shit. And I am going to do it. And every single time I have like posted something where I, I don't want to. Like you're nervous to post it. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh my God, is this oversharing? Is this too much? Or, you know, and I do. I'm immediately told by the universe that was what you were supposed to do. 
from DMs, from emails, from messages that are, thank you. I'm in a shit spot, yada, yada. So, you know, I have just always felt this need to help people. And I understand now everything that I have gone through has been to get me to this point right now, to this conversation that we are having Mm -hmm. so that I can hopefully inspire you to take more risks, to be more vulnerable, to share, to go a little bit deeper, to dig into your shit and to be a better human, you know? Yep. Yep. And I would say too, to anyone listening, just keep going. Yeah. Like whatever it is, you know, whether you're listening to this and you're like the mental health thing, or if it's like a business, whatever, whatever's on your mind right now, like just keep going. Like it doesn't happen overnight, whatever that thing is. And like, if it's, if it's something that you want, you want it for a reason. Yeah. You know, if it's like, yeah, what were you going to say? You have, you have I, something. <laughs> I just, I, I have a, I just want to pose a question, I guess. So instead of the stories that we have told ourselves our entire lives, whatever they might be, everybody's got a different story. Right. And our brain likes this negative bias. What if life was always working out for you? Yep. What would that look like? What would that feel like? And when we talk about like mindset work, this is the mindset work. It's Mm -hmm. flipping the script. You know, what if life was working out for me? What if I got these things? How would I feel? How would that look? And when you start to think in those terms versus nothing ever works out for me, my life is shit. You don't understand. My life has always been so terrible. I'm a piece of shit because I've gone through all. No, 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 no. Stop, 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 stop. Let's stop. Let's uh, flip it. And you don't, again, you don't have to be in a space where you love everything about your life. I mean, I Misty, I'm sure there's things that you want to change about your life right now. And same for me. Right. Mm -hmm. But when I start looking at things of this 16 week program I'm putting together is daunting. I mean, I have post-it notes up all over here. I have trackers. I have it's a hundred plus videos to film. It's 16 fucking weeks. And I'm like, Oh my God, no, no, no. And I'm like, no, what if this is working out for me? And then I get excited and I'm like, Oh my God, the amount of people I can help. And so reframing has been really important work for me. And especially in my morning practice, in my gratitude practice, and then throughout the day of just reframing, well, what would it feel like if this happened or What if this did work out for me and shifting from that negative bullshit story that we've told ourselves and those neural pathways are as deep as a fucking grand Canyon, Mm -hmm. we can rewire neural pathways. I mean, it's, you know, neuroplasticity is real and just by flipping the script, we can start to do that. So take a look at your life right now and go, what if this did work out for me? What would that look like? What would it mean? And what would it feel like instead of, I can't do this. It's too fucking hard. I don't want to do this. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and it's kind of full circle on this whole podcast, right? Because you think about when you first started doing hair and you felt like you couldn't do it. And then you kept doing the thing. You kept doing the steps. You did the hard thing. You messed up, you learned from it. And then now you can do it without even thinking. It's the same thing with your life. And yeah, I, I just love this conversation so much. <laughs> Same. Yeah. I mean, it's essentially gratitude, right? It's just yeah. finding, cause whatever you're telling yourself, you're right. Yeah. So uh, if you're telling yourself yeah. something negative, yep. You're right. That's how it's good. You know? So, and I always do the whole thing. Like if I wouldn't say it to my friend, oh my God, that was a game changer for me. Misty. Game changer. When I started, I was like, I say such horrible things to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, the 
my underlying tones was I'm a piece of garbage. I'm worthless. I'm unlovable. I'm fucking dumpster trash. That was literally my self-talk. And I had a client. Uh, I'm going to cry about this too. I had a client. She's a dear friend of mine last year sitting in my chair and I'm working on her hair. And I don't know, something had happened on my phone or a message. I don't remember. And I just said, Oh my God, I'm such a fucking piece of shit. Mm. And my client pulled her head away from me to turn and face and look at me. And she said, do not talk to my friend that way. Oh, that's going to make me cry. I know. And I said, what? And she said, don't. And she started bawling. She said, don't talk to my friend that way. That hurts me when you say that to you. And that is not true. And we had a conversation and I bawled and I cried. And that was when I really realized how important our self-talk is because that's the story I've believed and I've made up and has been reinforced by life events. And that was on repeat. And it took me saying it out loud and somebody calling me on it. And so now I always tell myself, how would you speak to your best friend? Mm-hmm. What would you say to your best friend if, if they were in this situation? It's kindness, it's compassion, it's love, it's grace, it's empathy. It's not that bullshit that I have told myself for years. And that and the gratefulness has completely changed my life. Yeah. I love that. We, we, I went to a healing retreat a couple of years ago where we had to introduce ourselves as our limiting belief. And my limiting belief at the time was I'm not smart enough. And it was so hard to say to someone else, like, hi, I'm not smart enough. Like it was so hard. And then one of the girls, um, Shelby, shout out Shelby. Um, (laughs) she had the same one. So we like said it to, and we both just cried and hugged each other. Cause it was just like, it sounded ridiculous coming out of my mouth. You know what I mean? Like I, when I was saying it, like I say it in my head, but I, when I said it out loud, I was like, that's fucking ridiculous. Like, like, why would I say that? Like it? Yeah. It's so interesting. I don't know if you're listening, you're amazing. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Like for real, like you're, you're just, whatever it is, you're amazing. Like you're, um, you're enough, like all the things. And I know, again, you're probably listening and you're like, oh my God, here y'all go again. (laughs) But if you made it this far, you want to hear it. Okay. (laughs) But it's so true. I mean, it's, it's so unbelievable. I have, I actually have, um, I'm going to show you, I know the listeners can't see, I have this on my desk and I'm going to share, they are post-its and I have 11 post-its and they are just mantras that I say every day in the morning and every day at night. And they are things like, I am letting go of my self-criticism as it no longer serves me. I am worthy of my own love. I allow myself to be authentically me, fully, truly, unapologetically me. And it goes on. Mm -hmm. And when we started doing affirmations in treatment, I was like, oh, fuck this woo-woo bullshit. But you know what happened? I committed to doing my affirmations with my friends every single morning and every single night. And you know what's happened? You know, you're starting to actually believe it. And I'm like, you know what? I am worthy of my own love. I am not self-criticizing anymore. I am unstoppable because like you said earlier, what we tell ourselves becomes our truth. Mm -hmm. And 
if you notice your negative self-talk, and this is a big part of eating disorder um, recovery, but it, it goes into anybody's life is you immediately stop that. So let's say I make a mistake and I'm like, you're so fucking stupid, Sarai. Stop, take a breath. And you say a neutral statement. You say something like the sky is blue. It's sunny out today. And then you move on. Mm-hmm. And then as you start doing those neutral statements, you eventually go, fuck, Sarai. God damn it. You're so stupid. Nope. I made a mistake and that does not define my value or worth as a human. Mm. And then it becomes fucking automatic. And those old tapes are always going to be there. You can't destroy them. You can't get rid of them. But as soon as they start to hit play, Sarai, you're so, instead of stupid, amazing and wonderful. And you should be so proud of yourself because repetition works and saying these things might sound stupid. I mean, I have them plastered all over my fucking office in my mirror, like my body affirmations. I say them, I say them to my husband, this shit works and there's so much science to back it up. So even if you don't believe you are worthy, you fucking are worthy. You are loved. You are valuable. You are important. And you are enough exactly the way you fucking are right here, right now in this moment. And I want to challenge you that when you do start to get these thoughts today throughout the week that you just stop, you just stop them and you give it a neutral statement. My water bottle is full. I mean, that's a neutral ass statement. Yep. Then start adding in those positive affirmations and you're going to be a whole new person. If you put all this shit that we've talked about today into practice and, and how I know that you are going to be a new person is because I have done it and Misty has done it. And I used to be an angry motherfucker. You look at me cross and I'm like, what the fuck, bitch? You want to fight? Fuck you. I'm going to stab you. Like, that's how I felt all the time. And now I'm like, oh, that person, they haven't worked through their shit. They're unhealed. And I just, I feel sad. I feel sad. Yes. I'm going to send them love. I mean, I never thought I would be able to say that. Oh, now I'm like, I don't want to punch you. I want to hug you. Yeah. I I say this to my husband all the time. I feel like they need a hug. Yes. (laughs) And this is the work. This is the work. And I know for you, it has not happened overnight. For me, it has not happened overnight. And it's just, again, it's just that one foot in front of the other. And it's just taking that next step. Yep. Yep. Mm, this is a good, this is a good stopping point. I have a mic drop on this one, right? Um, oh my gosh. Hi, this was so good. Thank you amazing. so, 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 so much. Like seriously for this conversation. And again, it's going to help so many people. Um, and if anyone's listening to this and it like resonates with you, please share with us, DM us, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, please let us know, um, how this episode hits for you. And before we get off, tell everyone, what do you have for them? How can you help them? What do you, where are you, where do you live on the interwebs? Like all the things I live on Instagram, pretty much. I don't do the ticky talks, the talks. Um, <laughs> me neither. Um, so my Instagram handle is the platinum giraffe. Um, if you want to join, I have an education community. It is mental health and hair education. It's $25 a month. I have a link in my bio. You just click it. It takes you to all my stuff. I also am only teaching three more in-person classes ever, ever, ever. And this this is the last year. So all of those classes are available right now. Click the link in my bio on Instagram. There is one coming up June 25th. There is one in September and there is one in November and then I'm done. So 
that's where you can find me. That's what I have going on. And soon, I don't know a date, TBD, um, I will be launching my certification program for the blonding method, the global blonding method that I've created and I've taught for the last seven years over many different continents and countries. And so I will be teaching stylists, not only my method, but how to teach, how to structure a class, um, everything that you are going to need to know. And there's mindset work in there, of course. So that is also coming and I'm really, really excited for it. Yay. I will put all of these links in the show notes too, so they can find them easily. Um, and again, thank you. I know I'm not supposed to have expectations, but you exceeded my expectations. <laughs> thank you. No, I have to say the same. Cause like, I, I had no idea what we we're going to do or what we we're going to talk about. I knew it'd be good, but like, you know, you just never know. Um, it felt like talking to somebody that I have known for years. And we've known each other on social, right? But we just skipped all the bullshit. We went really deep. And I have to tell you, my cup is really full right now. So I just want to thank you for that. And thank you for going deep with me and having this amazing conversation. And I'm just, I'm really grateful we did this. Oh, same. It's not going to be the last time though. No, absolutely. No. Are you kidding me? Not after this deep ass yeah. trauma bond shit. No, <laughs> right. we're going to do a lot of shit together. Right. <laughs> Once again, thank you for listening to the Cash Confident Stylist podcast. I appreciate each and every one of my listeners more than you know. If you like what you hear, please screenshot this episode, share it with a friend, share it on social media, and don't forget to tag me, Misty Jane, and the podcast at Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. You can even take it a step further and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Talk with you on the next one.